Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. All right, welcome back to the Do Divorce Right podcast. Today I'm talking to Kate Zorkas. Kate is a qualified yoga instructor. Instructor. Um, she's she runs virtual retreats, workshops, coachings, very much in the mind body wellness space, as well as working in the corporate space in transformational change, which there's so much of at the moment, change management and corporate wellness. Kate, welcome. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to be here. It's great, and I think I, I'm hoping that our listeners, I can. I can ask you some questions that are going to give them some techniques to be Mm. able to use, to look after themselves um, while they're going through a pretty shitty time of divorce. Yeah. Kate, you were just talking about your current clients. Tell me a bit more about your client portfolio. Who comes to to work with you and what do they ask? What are they looking for? Yeah, so a lot of my clients are particularly busy, uh, burnt out, overstretched, overwhelmed women who are needing to refuel and recharge, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, so that's, and it's really, um, and that's really it. And I was, you know, we were just saying um, before as well that a lot of my clients are divorced or going through a divorce. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you when I saw saw this to say, I think just so many of my um, clients can get value from, from this and from your podcast as well. Uh, and it's really um, at almost any stage of that divorce, you know, kind of um, life cycle, normally kind of after they've, you know, kind of made that decision and they're now, you know, almost running themselves or learning how to be themselves again. Great. Um, it's one of my favourite yeah. moments to work <laughs> yeah. with women. It's like now you get to figure it out. Now you get to be. It's beautiful. And restart. Right. Yeah. So it is, and it's it's about. So a lot of it's that. A lot of it is um, almost helping women also, uh, and it's that resi- it is that resilience piece uh, as well. Like how to kind of work through it, um, how to manage your mind and body through it yeah. as well, and how to manage your energy as well. So that's I think one of the big things that I find is, and um, the big questions I get is around energy. That's and, what I want to talk to you yeah. most. Yeah. And being a yoga teacher, I'm all about energy um, and how we manage our energy and just that importance of how we not take on other people's energy yeah. and as women. Beautiful. A lot of us are intuitive, um, empathetic, how we learn to observe more and um, don't absorb other people's energy. All right. Well, I'm just going to ask you specifics around that. Before I get there, though, tell me how. What led you to to doing what you do? What led you to to today? Yeah. Okay. So there's probably two big influences that has led me to do mind body coaching. Um, you know, and the the first aspect of that is more a professional one. 
So been working in, you know, corporate professional roles for 20 years. And, uh, you know, I suffered my kind of first experience of burnout when I was in my kind of early 20s. Wow. Way before kids. Yeah. Um, And that was just a overachieving woman, basically, (laughs) that, you know, and high expectations, thought I had to do everything to prove who I was and just didn't say no um, and was a people pleaser, right? So I think all of those general things and that was my first experience um, of burnout and ended up in hospital. Um, Tell me more about what did that look like? So if somebody is worried that, they're mm. getting close to burnout. What were the signals mm. for you? I'm sure it's different for everybody, but what? Yeah. So the the signals for me is just my my physical health started to really mm. deteriorate, yeah. um, and it happened quite quickly. So I was super stressed. So yeah. I was actually finishing up a job, and they gave me so much work I had to do before I finished up that job, which is not uncommon, right? Mm. It's a bit like going on holidays. You want to take yeah. two weeks off and you yeah. do the work before you leave and you do the work when you get back. That's You're not actually totally. not doing the work. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's just pushed either side of that, right? Yeah. So, um, And so I was just running myself ragged trying to get everything done and trying to please everyone and almost, you know, kind of leave on a high as best as you can and not leave people in the lurch either. And then I suddenly started and started to get huge pains in my throat um like massive like it was probably the worst sore sore throat I've ever experienced okay um I had to call my parents to come and take me to the doctor okay um and went to the doctor and straight away the doctor said you need to go to hospital your throat's closing over oh Um, I had a uh abscess growing on my tonsils um and so she's like you're hours you know away from being in a really serious condition you need to get yourself to hospital so um, I ended up being in hospital for about a week post the surgery, like post um, the surgery to um, just get the infection out of my body yeah. and um, manage myself. But that was stress. And that was the first time I really understood the impact that stress has on your physical body. But yeah. also, and I think now obviously being a lot older as well, realising just how much of that was mm, I bought on myself um as well and also not not listening yeah not listening to those signals um but also I think you know and I talk about myself being a recovering people pleaser um because I just think I didn't have any boundaries I didn't even know what boundaries were at that point you know I'd never said no I didn't think you could say no to people someone just gave you work you just had to say yes right I have a beautiful episode (laughs) uh with it with a lady who who does coaching in this space specifically around helping people recover from being people pleasers and yeah yeah and it's definitely something I know I've had to unlearn um and you know on how and it and it's okay to set boundaries and I you know put all of this under that self-care banner because it is just so important for your self-care but that you know so that first episode of burnout was probably one of the big catalysts for me to go okay my mental health is really important and I started to get really curious about mental health I'm really curious about balance, um, you know, and just looking at some of those techniques, uh, you know, and mindfulness, you know, at that point. But it wasn't until I went through more personal, so I'll put that kind of, while it was kind of my health and and that, but it was almost triggered professionally, um, where it wasn't until I I went through a significant breakup. Um, So I was 29 um, and I called off a engagement um to quite takes bravery yeah 
to quite a toxic relationship. Yeah. Um, and it was an overseas wedding as well. So people had already all bought their plane tickets to yeah. go and see me get married overseas. Good for you for listening to that. And, and it was one of those oh, things, really? though, that that voice inside just kept getting louder and louder and louder. Um, and the relationship get, kept getting more and more toxic. Um, or, or I was also awakening to that, how toxic it was becoming you, on me. I just took all like, lots of antidepressants and antipsychotics <laughs> and just went ahead with it anyway. <laughs> Which um, is what I was, that was one of my options. Like I yeah. seriously was there going, Kate, just get on the plane, just go there, marry, you know, and get married and just do what you're going to do. We're going to do everyone. this. Yeah, exactly. Your family's expecting you to. Yeah, but I made the, I made the call. It was you know a few months before the wedding, and I just called it off. I think that inner voice got too loud. Like I guess to the voice where I was almost physically being paralysed. Um, and the interesting thing was, once I broke it off, I didn't lose any friends. Everyone was like, "Good on you," you know. And we all actually did go away and have a holiday at that time when. My family and I went and had one of the best family holidays we've ever had. That's so wonderful. it's a really good way to reframe a situation. Yeah, lemonade well. out of those lemons. I love it. Totally. Um, but the relationship itself, that was quite toxic and it was incredibly energy draining and I was dealing with someone and some of your clients and listeners may know someone who's unpredictable yeah. um, and very negative and um is 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 very happy to push their negative energy onto you right yeah. and and well, i just remember i went at that point into quite almost a a, a depressive state as well while um, you were in the relationship or no, after? this was afterwards oh, so this is after and afterwards okay. broke up um okay, and you it was, call that would you call that grieving of the relationship would you um i don't know i think i was very happy to have it over so yeah. I think for me, I was it was a lot of fear. We had a property together mm -hmm. um, and I had invested, it was all my money that was into this property as well. I was just, it was just me. I was silly. I put his name on the mortgage. It was, you know, and I mean, as you do, you know, you do they make these decisions. going to be together forever. Absolutely. Totally. Um, and so then we had to go. So more it was fear, I think, that I really felt um, probably rather than grief. Um, it okay. was it was, it was just, it was that fear. And also I was kind of separating at the same time that all my friends were getting married and having babies, God. right? So <laughs> it's kind of... happening there too. Totally. And it's going fear on that of, age. I'm never going to find love again. A fear of I'm never going to be able to unpick myself from this. How do I unpack it and get him the heck out of my existence and the fear exactly. of starting again i cannot completely understand yeah that. so it was it was all it was all of the all of those those kind of feelings so hugely driven by fear um and you know and like what now right? and uh but oh, little yeah. did i know that that was the best decision i've ever made in my life Amazing. since ending that i kind of feel like i've had a rebirth um in myself and um the day kind of everything ended is was kind of the first of may and i kind of know that date because that is seriously the day that i went okay this was my rebirth and Amazing. it's just a time to new beginnings and to start again and as soon as that settled and i believe in divine timing and things happen when they need to happen um i saw an ad for yoga teacher training and i have never like just jumped on anything faster in my life like because when that, the student is ready the teacher the teacher is ready. yes totally totally and 
that was, um, and I just signed up, like, and it was thousands of dollars, like, you know, and I just, I don't know how, I don't know, you know, obviously I know why I did it because it's led me to everything that I do and teach now, but that um, yoga teacher training was my healing. It was my therapy, right? You were still working in corporate at that point and you were doing yes. this alongside. Yes, yes. So, and the funny thing is, and I was working five days a week then. I didn't have children, so there was no kind of children in the mix um, at that point. Uh, but, yeah, working five days a week and then it was Sundays from eight till six that I was doing my yoga. Serious commitment, yeah. Serious commitment. But what it did, it gave me some structure and it gave me a support unit and it gave me tools and techniques to help myself through, you know, kind of this journey that I was going on as well. Um, And uh, just so where I was after completing that teacher training and I almost gave myself this was my that was my incubation period I really felt like over the time I was doing this though my training I was not dating anyone that was kind of I was just going into my cocoon and I was focusing on me and I knew at the end of this I was going to come out that butterfly um ready to fly Mm -hmm. right so and that was what and this was the biggest thing I did for me and I think you know, and again, after divine timing, I met my now husband um, two weeks, or didn't meet him, but we started dating two weeks after um, my after yoga teacher, the teacher training. After I, yeah, after I graduated. It, there's a couple of things interesting about that. Mm. You didn't just take a yoga course. No. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't just start practicing. You went straight yeah. into teacher training. And I have done yoga before that. So I had done yoga practices and stuff. But it's funny, one of my friends actually said to me, oh, you know, Kate, you actually have to be good at yoga and like yoga in order to be a yoga teacher. And at that point, I didn't actually know how I was going to use this qualification, but I just knew it was critical to who I am and my purpose. And it really has been. And I think you've got to follow that inner guidance, as I think, um, and our intuition it is exactly. there to help us and we've got to listen to it. Literally just wrote down intuition before you said it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, can we, let me um, unpack that a little bit. So yeah. I, I had a beautiful woman, Kerry Rowett, was on the podcast recently. She's an intuitive coach. Yeah. She's so awesome. Yeah. And I was asking her about, well, how do we listen to our intuition? Now I'm going to ask you a similar question because I think that ties in really beautifully with the energy and protecting your energy, which I really want to delve into. (laughs) So what tips would you have on helping women enhance their ability to listen to their intuition? Because some of our listeners are thinking at some point, I'm going to need to call this like my marriage is over. I know it is at some point I'm going to have to have the conversation. How can she know when like how can she listen to her intuition all right now's the moment or you know there'll be at other points of okay now I need to make a decision about what am I going to do with my life Mm. or what what does that look like what suggestions would you give for people to be able to hear that voice that you were talking about that got louder and louder for you how do we how do we tap into that um and yeah and it's interesting because our our minds are very good at talking us out of our intuition as well and trying to rationalize and our ego is very good at taking over um and And our fears some fears are like oh no 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 no. don't you don't want that that's the reason you're feeling nervous about it is because that's a really scary thing to do so you're feeling nervous therefore your intuition is saying don't do it so sending you these mixed signals so 
Yeah, and I find really, you know, for me, tapping into my intuition and in just being, I think the first thing is just being aware that it is there, that we mm-hmm. do have this this gut, this intuition, this, you know, this heart that talks to us, right? I think that awareness piece um, is just so important because we are trained to go with our heads, right? We, you know, and so actually learning to go, okay, that's just my mind, um, you know, how to, you know, check in with yourself. And this is where I found meditation, um, such a great way to check in with yourself. Um, and, you know, not only going, you know, how's my mind feeling, but what's my body telling me? Starting to listen to your body as well. And, you know, our gut often turns, you know, and we get funny guts and things like that if we, you know, are just not doing uh, or not doing things in alignment with our intuition or within our purpose. Um, and if we're going too much in our head, you know, our body can call out and give us signals. So I'd say one of the things is to to, to listen to your body as well. Um, your body knows um, and it almost kind of sometimes gets taps into this energy piece as well as our energy knows. You know, our energy kind of is already there. Um, but I've really found meditation a great way to connect with yourself and with your intuition um journaling as well um sometimes just giving you yourself that time just to journal kind of how you're feeling um and just some of those journal prompts around you know how's my mind how's my body you know how's how am I feeling how's my heart you know and you're just checking in with just some of those and you know kind of pieces I find can really just help with intuition and trying to quiet that outside noise I think anything we can do because we're so uh, influenced by all of that external chatter around us that tries to influence um, us to do things and then it may not be what we really want to do um, and Mine's I don't know in relationships to right do that, right <laughs> yeah. it's just a relentless to-do list I'll try yes. and some quiet and it's like and don't forget that and don't forget to do that and you've got to do this thing shut yeah. up <laughs> And um, this is where um, what I found a great technique for tapping into your intuition is through sound, like through music, and sound healing is fantastic. Mm. Um, you know, so just listening, if you're going to do, you know, trying to, you know, even sit five minutes by yourself, which I know sometimes not easy. And sometimes you actually have to write that on your to-do list that I'm going to yeah. sit down for five minutes yeah. and listen, you know, and listen. But I found if you're listening to some type of um sound healing or vibrational music, that does penetrate through your energy as well. And that actually helps you to tap into your, it helps get you out of your head and into your heart. You mentioned mm. um, gut versus mm. head. And then mm. when we're journaling, you also mentioned heart. So how's my gut feeling? How's my head feeling? How's my mm. heart feeling? I love those journaling prompts. But my question here is, do we feel intuition in different places? Or should we, we be looking yeah. for it in a particular place where? I think from my, it's all different to, to people. I know with my intuition, like I feel things, like I'm quite empathetic. So I really kind of feel and, uh, you know, kind of really feel feel it um, within myself. Um, but I've also had to learn how to balance my mind as well because my mind will take over my mind will rationalize and it's almost going okay I might not know the full picture um but I've got to trust the process there's a lot of um surrendering I think when we listen to our intuition 
And yeah. that can be very hard. And I know I'm a recovering, you know, control freak as well. Like I just like, and it's really hard to, to have that mindset shift that I don't have to control everything, um, which was one of the big truths that I learned in my yogic training was you don't have to control everything. You can, you know, the more you kind of let go and create space and surrender, the more you get into that flow. And when you're in that state of flow, that's when your intuition starts to speak to you a little bit more. Yeah. Mm. A couple of things came up for me there. One was, you know, talking about the to-do list and the very masculine energy of having to get things done. Mm. I find it very hard to kind of quiet that and to, I I have reminders to come back to my feminine energy to try and stop um, letting my brain do too much. I yeah, I struggle at the moment creating quiet. And I was given this beautiful piece of advice from an intuitive coach that I've worked with. And in order to balance that masculine and feminine energy, because so much of, you know, me is a do-do-do, she said, okay, I want you to journal that with your left hand. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a great, like, so I'm still having to do something. Yes. But in doing it with my left hand, my non-dominant hand, I was then creating a disconnect from efficiency Mm. and it forced things to quiet down to actually, you know, give myself some time to get the journaling onto the page and slowed everything right down. I I know. Smart piece of advice for someone who's on this crazy treadmill all the time. Oh, totally. That's great. I think that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. I think the other thing that's really great for to really tapping into our intuition is uh, around focusing on gratitude as yes. well. Yes, oh, it's a superfood for sure. Like, right, don't you think? Like, I know it's just one of those things. It's probably one of the things that can get you into that high frequency where you just, your heart oozes out of you, right? So yeah. I think, and that's that's one of those things, I think, and definitely um, for those to-do lists, I know. Think of three things you're grateful for. Yeah. Right? That's a great thing to do in the morning and the evenings um, with your gratitude practice. And I find that's something that is really practical, but it really shifts your energy really quickly. I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think if you give yourself some moments, like I'm just going to go back to a, a time when I found that really difficult and I did do a podcast mm. episode on this. My children and I were in quarantine. Mm. It was just me and the two kids yeah. for two weeks, could not leave the room. It was like, oh. But every day we, we had a bit of a routine and a created a break where we needed to use a whiteboard marker on the window and mm. write what we're grateful for. Mm. Some days it was a really slow start. It was like, uh... I'm grateful that there's high-speed internet. Yeah, I'm grateful that we've <laughs> got water. I can think of right now. I'm grateful we've got a shower. <laughs> <laughs> but the more we gave it mm. some space and just mm. stopped and there was nothing else we are going to do apart from do this gratitude, but it came. So even yeah. if it started slow, we would end up with 20 things. We would mm. find ways, whether it was the sunlight coming through the window or mm. the fact that I didn't have to prepare any meals. How wonderful is that? They just yeah. <laughs> you know uh the fact that we were safe you mm. know we weren't going to catch COVID because we were in quarantine all of that anywho so I do think even in a really difficult time mm. if you force yourself to create space think of something you're grateful for it definitely comes and you're right that does 
then create more energy for listening and, mm. and initiating that. Um, mm. My other question to you, so I'd asked you about gut versus head versus heart. We, we can feel it in different places, mm. but it is very much a body versus mm, mind. Thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's very much trying to almost get out of that ego state, right? And like I said, our egos love fear. Our egos love us to be busy. They love us to be distracted. They love us to be thinking about everyone else because then that distracts us from our higher self and ourselves and what our intuition wants. That's true. So I think it's really, you know, I think, and this is what meditation has really taught me, is how to manage your mind, how to manage that ego, how to know that that ego is there because our egos serve us. To an extent, we live in a, you know, the world we live in, and we do need an ego there, but it's how to also know and be aware of when you're responding from ego um, or and then almost checking in with that and then, you know, going, okay, no, I don't want to respond from that, you know, place. I want to respond from, you know, my true self. And then it gives you, creates that space for you to choose how you're going to respond or react to something. I sometimes talk to my ego. Yes. <laughs> There's a little therapy session. So I I sometimes thank her and say, look, I appreciate what you're trying to do. Mm. I understand that you're trying to protect me from something here, Mm. but I don't need your help right now. I'm Mm going to say thank you, but no thank you. Exactly. And I think that's it. But that's such a huge uh, awareness, right, to be able to actually just have that conversation with yourself and to go, you know, there's the multiple aspects of me you know, that are here and, and I know that you're, it is there to protect us. It is yeah, there. Thanks for trying to protect exactly. me, but I'm comfortable with this decision. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for trying to protect me, but I'm okay with this risk. Whatever yes. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you about meditation because mm-hmm. my mother is an incredible human being and mm-hmm. we talk about her too much, but she's, she's a <laughs> Fabulous human being. Yeah. She really struggles with quiet, so yes. much so that her friends call her Million Mile an Hour Mary, right? She's just <laughs> constantly on the go. She will do before she thinks. Mm. She'll start the car and be headed in a direction before she really thinks about where it is that she's headed. It drives <laughs> me quite mad. Stop. Where are you going? Uh, anywho, she has been given some advice recently mm-hmm. to try meditation. Yeah. She's going to struggle. She can't go from million mile an hour, Mary, to sitting down for five or 10 minutes and creating some quiet. I'm sure some of our listeners can um, identify with that, you know, the speed of things. What mm. would you suggest is a nice bridge to, to creating a meditation practice if you're just not sure you can even five, five, five minutes? Is there anything? Yeah, there are totally so many things things we can do um and so I think we've touched on one with gratitude right so I think giving yourself you know what are three things you can do in the morning you know the you know when you wake up what are three things um you're grateful for um you can do that in the evening as well to close out the day so they're they're great little practices bite-sized ones that you can really do give me an example of a gratitude like when you were in your deepest darkest depressive fear state Mm. what do you think you could have been grateful for in that moment um so for me I know there was one when I like I spent a lot of time in bed as you would do which is just as you know a sign of depression right like I spent a lot of time in bed because I was also felt safe in that that you know that so for me um you know when I focused on gratitude in that time I was like I'm grateful I can work from home yeah so that was definitely one because I could 
kind of spend time on my own and almost go into that place. You know, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful I had people checking in on me yes. as well. So I had a, you know, a network of people around me. I was grateful for that. Um, you know, so I had those kind of things. I lived in a beautiful place, you know, so I think I was, you know, kind of grateful for those. I had two cats at that point, you know, so it's kind of yeah. some of those things. A lot of them are quite based. Like I just said, they were simple. They were simple yeah, things. Um, but one of the things I did do, and this is another thing that anyone that's wanting to get into meditation, yeah. but you might also be going through um, something, you know, like um, a bit of a challenging time. Um, I found listening to uh, positive affirmations okay, great. Um, uh, was probably the biggest thing to help pick me up out of that hole um, when I was in it. And I think it's a knock-on effect with our, almost that domino effect with our health when you go through something like this because then, you know, I had trouble sleeping, right, as well. So even though I wanted to spend a lot of time in bed, I couldn't actually sleep a lot because your mind is just going to worst-case scenario constantly. Uh, and so I um, would just listen to uh, positive affirmations. So if I'd wake up, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, I would just put positive affirmations Beautiful. on and just have them playing in the background. And I actually listened to a lot of Louise Hay, um, who is one of my favourite um, teachers. Um, and literally that is one of the things that helped lift me out because, you know, then I would drift off. But all of those positive words, um, you know, and sometimes I didn't feel like I had that self-worth. But listening to those words just fuels you and fuels your energy and and it does go into your subconscious and that is something Beautiful. that I think made a huge difference and something I would recommend to anyone and you know I did I did went through a lot of my stuff when I first started and there wasn't even all the apps that there's out now but um you know heaps on YouTube and stuff like that that you can easily accessible Spotify like you can just you can do these as well as obviously audiobooks and that to download but they're super practical and a, and something that for busy people, if you just play them as you're going to sleep, you know, or if you wake up in the night and you feel your mind starting to, you know, kind of, you can almost feel, you know, yourself getting stressed during the night. Positive affirmations are great. Again, they, they shift you. So that's one of the, the things I find. The other thing I that I find really helpful for people starting meditation are guided meditations. Okay. Um, listening to those stories um, through guided meditations um, because if we we constantly want our minds to be busy, um, but at least those guided meditations focus help you, to yeah. focus your mind to you know to just help kind of get rid of all all of those kind of things and just help take you on a journey as well. So I found that great and um, body scan meditations mm. um, or yeah. yoga nidras uh, because again they do the same thing. They will um, take your awareness to certain parts of your body. And you just follow and get guided through that meditation. And a yoga nidra is amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so we've mm. got four, mm. four suggestions there on how to create that piece of the bridge to meditation. Mm. I'm not quite ready to take on a full meditation practice. Totally. Yeah. pieces of advice you gave was a gratitude journaling, a gratitude practice, ideally yes. beginning and end of the day. The second was listening to positive af affirmations especially if you're needing to calm your mind, perhaps at the end of the day or in the middle of the night. The third was guided meditation stories. And the fourth was body scan meditations, those yoga nidras. All right, they're, they're excellent bridges to being mm. able to create a meditation. Mm. All with the idea of 
helping us get closer to listening to our intuition, having a better relationship with our body, not just yeah. our mind. Exactly, yeah. Now let's move into the energy piece. So let's totally. talk about how do we cultivate the kind of practices and, I, you know, I talk a lot about resilience techniques and things to be able to protect ourselves from the energy that's around us mm. and, like you said, about protecting ourselves from taking on somebody who's trying to push negative energy to you. Yes. And, oh, my God, I get a lot of that. So <laughs> we, get a, we get a lot of, we, we get a lot of that. Yeah. And, you know, and I think we can only ever be accountable for our own energy, right? And I think this was also another truth that I learned in my yoga training is that we can't control how other people behave. That's we right. can't control how, you know, how they respond to us and how they behave and how they're going to react, exactly. you know. And I think one of, and just also just being aware of that, I think is almost for me, that was a game changer to say, oh my gosh, so I can invite someone somewhere and just not to, you know, and then I would almost play through how they're reacting to it. And yeah. it's like, I'm not accountable for that. That's not no. my job, right? So my job is to look after me and to be aware of my own energy. And you can invite others and you can go out there with the best intention possible for others as well, um, but they not, may not respond the way you want them to respond. Um, and I see that with a lot of my clients as well, that, you know, sometimes they try to do the, the right thing, um, you know, as they're going through a divorce or, you know, going through yeah. a challenging but time. But he didn't behave in the way and he was didn't... supposed to. It's fine. So long it's, as you are behaving yeah. with integrity and that you can be proud of your own behaviour totally. yeah. responses, you're not reacting, that's what we're aiming for here. We can't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think from an energy perspective, that's a big truth you know, you kind of need to know as well. Um, and I think just being that energy aware, I would say is probably the biggest first step to protecting yourself, um, you know, and children as well in this case, because I know it's just almost instinctive that you want to protect everyone around you. Um, but being energy aware and just what I mean by that is just being aware of your own energy that you have around you um, and the impact that your energy has on other people as well. Um, and like I said, I think at the beginning of this, it's about learning to observe and not absorb other people's energy. Um, and so if you're having interactions, you know, or negative interactions with people, and we all know like you, you meet someone um, who you love and you just almost like love their energy and, you know, it's a great interaction and you feel high yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's like wow but then it's like yeah and that's great and but then other times it's like well it happens the opposite as well and Absolutely. I think this is this is you know where you you know you, your energy knows so I think it's also about listening to your energy as well when you're in okay. those situations your energy will tell you okay it's time to leave or it's time to to back off a little bit so I think your energy kind of starts to tell you especially in those negative um situations as well and when you're getting negative energy it can be um, really hard to uh, i think hard to listen to that when you are being triggered yes so if you're in the moment of yeah somebody has said something inflammatory to you or something quite hurtful you're triggered by that you're no longer paying attention to get out get out get out now it's not mm. the time <laughs> because mm. you're triggered so I think, and, and you're and you're, you're just and you're again you're just reacting and responding right. yourself right to them, and then you're working off that energy of theirs. So yeah. I think that this is where, if you're aware of that 
mm-hmm. well. And if you're aware of that, okay, this is a negative. You know, this is going to be heavy. You know, this is going to be negative. Um, and if you're aware of that, you're also able to then almost take that step back. And this is where mindfulness does really help um, in being able to almost pause, helping you kind of pause, um, observe, and just not absorbing any of that, you know, energy that is directed at you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, so, so can actually be retreat. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And, and having those boundaries, I think is probably one of the the biggest things from a, how to protect your energy perspective, having, having those strong boundaries in place. I talk about boundaries a lot. And, you know, and it's not only the physical, like when you see them, it's also like through the phone or through how are you starting to do this? All of the notifications are off. I actually coach some of my clients and yeah. tell them that you are not going to see their emails. Your e- Their emails are going to go to your junk box. Yes. You'll look at them. If it's urgent, if they need to talk to you about something with the kids, they can pick up the phone, yeah. but you're not getting notifications because you triggered too many yes. times. Create it's that. Too, it's it's too much. Yeah. Security and safety that you can be looking after yourself you mentioned earlier my job is to look after me mm. and it is and it's <laughs> something that um you know I think when we so are so used to looking after everyone else um you almost feel gu- feel guilty you know or not worthy of looking after yourself or putting yourself first but it is your job to look after you and then you can are able to serve you know everyone else after That's you do right. that Mm. You, I've, I've taken three steps out of this mm. for energy protection. The first step mm. is being energy aware, mm. being aware of how other people's energy impacts us, how mm. our energy impacts others. The second was to be able to get to the place where you can respond, not react. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. the mindfulness techniques are happy, uh, helpful to get there. The third was around creating boundaries. Mm. Um, riffed off on what that might look like a little bit. Is there anything more... So for energy protection, in order for you to look after yourself, energy aware, respond, not react, creating those strong boundaries. Have have I missed anything? Yeah, there's probably two other things that I know I do and I still do now. Like this is just, you know, and I guess we're working in corporate environments. I like to protect my energy. It's the same with kind of working relationships too, right? Um, But it's um, so one thing I do, and this is a, a great practical step, is I put an energetic bubble around me. If I know I'm going somewhere, you know, where there's going to be, you know, I'm quite introverted too. So if I know there's going to be a lot of different energies coming at me or something like that. I um, put an energetic bubble around me and that can, you know, that is just literally setting that intention to put a bubble of protection around me. You can choose a colour for that bubble if you like and you can put this bubble over children as well, uh, you know, to have a, which I love doing. I think that's great, So you know. And I know that kind of really helps some of my clients as well, especially if their children are with their partners. You know, you can still send a beautiful, you know, kind of protection bubble over them, Um, you know. So I think that's something that I find is quite a practical thing. I think it's symbolic. And I think also, you know, having something that sometimes you can feel I'm physically doing something to protect myself. That energetic bubbles um, a great one. Um, the other thing, which I think is the probably the biggest thing, um, and that I teach on, especially when it comes to to energy and protecting your energy, is actually regularly clearing your energy. Okay, so how does one do almost, that? So it's almost about how we, you know, clear our cache, or you know, close down all the windows. In our- <laughs> I don't ever do any of those. Things. <laughs> so how do we actually 
clear it out. Because like we said, like if you're not aware and conscious of this, you're going to be absorbing so many different energies and, you know, from all different places and you're going to be mentally and emotionally spent, right, from, you know, just taking on so much other energy around. So, and we're energetic beings. We're, you know, kind of all energy. So um, a few different ways to clear your energy and to do this regularly. Um, Salt water is a great one. So, you know, that's why I think those magnesium baths and that are um, fantastic. Oceans, you know, going for a swim in the ocean um, is, you know, a great way to clear energy. And you can feel it when you've always had, when you, you know, a shower again, you know, I visualise when I'm in the shower that as the water's going down, you know, washing over me and going down the drain, that that's everyone else's energy and everything's just washing down the drain and I'm just Beautiful. coming back to me. Like it's, a, a again, another real physical symbol of what you're doing. Um, I mentioned, I have mentioned sound, like sound is fantastic. So bells are fantastic. So if you've clearing also your been energy. Cleaning, clearing your own energy, clearing the energy in the house um, as well, like, ringing bells because you know and doing that is great any sound music healing bells all of that stuff's great um i do burn a lot of sage so um i swear my neighbors must must think i'm a witch from (laughs) like like, i love going on i really do i haven't gone there but i do love woo (laughs) <laughs> and, um, and yeah, burning sage. Just by again, burning sage. I have that going on. I mean, ancient cultures. This a lot of this stuff goes back to what a lot yeah. of our ancient civilizations did. They, you know, burnt a lot of kind of um, sage or leaves or whatever to kind of clear all the spirits away. All of that stuff. It's the same like for energy, um, clearing that out. Um, and I'm also a Reiki master as well, oh, so I actually you. do a lot of um, Reiki on myself. <laughs> But um, just clearing, going through and doing a, a meditation to go through and just clear out and setting that intention to clear my energy from head to toe. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. You mentioned about salt water. I, mm. I'm going to bastardize the quote, but it's something mm. along the lines of salt water is extremely healing, and if you don't, if you don't find it for yourself, tears also work. Yes, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. So if you can't get it in an ocean, totally so it's a really good cry gets it out too and you've got salt yes. there as well. Yes. Um, That's beautiful. So I've got five things for energy protection now. One is being energy aware um, of the impact that other people have on us and that we have on others. The second was to respond, not react. The third was having those strong boundaries. The fourth, which I love, is that energetic bubble, mm. being able to visualise yourself mm. being protected and, and the children. And the fifth was regularly clearing energy. And you've mm. given us multiple ways to think about ways in which mm. we can clear our energy. Can I come back to the kids bit? Because mm-hmm. you, you mentioned the energetic bubble, which I love. And, yeah. you know, so many of the clients that I speak to are worried about their children on multiple different levels one you know how are they going to survive this it's so disruptive I'm causing harm to my children in making a choice that is right for me but maybe it's not right for them so there's a horrible conflict there of mm. I know I need to do this but I'm and guilt right <laughs> yeah, and, and potentially harming someone or they're, they're creating a scenario where they've harmed a child and I don't genuinely think that are harming them yeah um and then there's those that are actually very very nervous about sending them to their Mm. ex's house because of you know just the verbal language the way in which that person might talk about them uh Mm. 
the environment, not having control over the environment. Do you have any other suggestions on how we can protect the energy of others? Because I think that is just... Yeah, I, I look and I think, you know, the best thing I think for children is just demonstrating you're happy. I think is probably, you know, and, and I know, you know, just how do you can also show that you are looking after yourself and yeah. looking after yourself is important. And, you know, almost communicating that, you know, mummy's doing this for herself, mummy needs this, self-care is really important, self-kindness and self-compassion is so important. Um, and I think, you, you suggest know. using those words to the children? Oh, I would totally, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I just think like a lot of kids now are just, they're very naturally inclined for this. And I think I know for me, like, you know, I was brought up Catholic. Like I've got to unlearn a lot of stuff I was brought up to believe, you know, it's particularly around guilt. Yeah. Um, you know, and particularly around you, you couldn't put yourself first, right? Like all of mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And I had to unlearn a lot of a lot of those things and reprogram my mind. And that's why I think I am so passionate about mental health and um, mindset because you know, we can um, you know, unlearn a lot of the things we need to do and create the mindsets we want. Yeah, yeah, that are not helpful for us. Um, and also, you know, even things like that our parents said to us and that, like they were just teaching us from what they had and their experiences and, and that. And we so, get to evolve. We get to do it a bit differently. Yeah. So I think I think it's really, it really is around, you know, I think showing and demonstrating self-care. And I know even with meditation, um, you know, I'll go, mommy's just going to go meditate with my, my kids. I might get about two minutes of the way into it and you get a little visitor coming <laughs> come in. Just looking, and not interrupting. Um, and, um, but then they come and sit with me and then they come and lie with me and, you know, and now they're at the point, you know, they'll say, oh, mommy, can we meditate together? Beautiful. So I think it's a, it is about showing, you know, I know for me it's about, about actioning and just demonstrating what self-care looks like um you know what self-love looks like self-worthiness and compassion and I think you know a lot of these things are not stuff you're, you're really taught to do um yeah. so I think if you can show people how you're doing that for yourself um you know and at the end of the day I think our kids just want us to be happy and yeah, you know okay. and if we're so happy, if anyone's looking yeah. for permission anyone who's listening here who's totally yeah <laughs> have that beautiful long bath or yeah. take some time out it's okay to put the, the children in front of the television and say, mommy's going to look after myself for a little while. Yeah, totally. Time. So look, if you need that permission, here it is. Go, go and, and kids take Kids aren't it. shy, right? They're not shy. They're gonna, they'll come up to you and, you know, and they'll be curious and they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll tell you if they've got a problem with something or they'll, you know. <laughs> so I think there's, um, you know, I, I think it, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I think it's around that guilt piece as well and just trying to almost reframe that, that you're investing in yourself. Um, and have, the more you serve yourself, the more you can serve others. Right? True, so, hmm. true. So I, I think this, I have two more questions for hmm. you. and One relates to that, I think, quite beautifully, which is where do you see people most resist being kind to themselves and taking on self-care? Uh, so the biggest one I think they resist, there's a couple of bits, I'll say. Um, the biggest, where they, I see them resist it the most is probably prioritising themselves. Mm. Like we don't prioritise ourselves. No, um, and, you know, like so it is really around how we prioritise ourselves. Also, I don't think people quite know what self-care looks like for you. And you're still trying to do self what self-care may have looked like 
before you had kids, right? And yeah, so, okay. and you're trying and you're trying to almost and I know for me, you know, like I even now I can't go to a one hour yoga class. Like a lot of this time, sometimes I just don't have the capacity between, you know, um, my jobs as well as, you know, kids and, and all of the stuff that I want to do. So, but I do bite size, you know, and I might do my own 20 minute practice. I might do this, you know, so I think what self-care looks like for you changes um, depending on your season of life. Uh, and so I think that understanding what self-care looks like for you. Um, and I remember um, it was probably about 12 months ago, uh, it was probably just as we're coming out of COVID or so. So it was really at that point and I think where we just almost had that burnout from COVID with kids at home, homeschooling, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually just didn't know what I did for fun anymore. And, you know, I couldn't tell you what I did for fun, like, because I just I don't so feel... my clients will be able to relate to that. Like, That's... I just didn't know. And it, it was a really hard, work. confronting yeah. question to ask yourself and then almost an embarrassing question when I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what I do for fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I really... And I journaled it. I, res you know, I meditated on it and... All of a sudden, all these downloads came with all this stuff that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love this and I love this. And I, I got back into reading and, you know, I discovered that actually I really love the fantasy genre and I love anything to do with fantasy and stuff. And I, and then all this stuff I started to realise, I kind of feel like this, the fun had been sucked out of me yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. You had to and, do some work to figure out where it was. Yeah, and, and, like and, and I think that's kind of where that's again I come back to that awareness piece and why it's so big and why I do so much mindfulness coaching because it is comes back to this awareness but I think prioritizing your self-care is is probably one of the big um stuck points or resistance yeah. pieces yeah. um and then almost sitting behind that is people giving themselves permission right and I think to prioritize themselves and then that mindset of I'm not worthy of self-care or self-love um, and I think it's the, that are the two big kind of resistance pieces, um, I feel. And I know when it comes to mum, you know, and a lot of people, you know, I work with are particularly, you know, mums, overachieving women. Yes. Um, and empaths, right? So, yeah. you know, and I'm kind of a all three a trifecta when I said that <laughs> myself. And I know others will resonate with that as well. So, and this is, you know, you really do have to work on your self-care as part of your well-being. Um, you mentioned routine. that I'm not worthy. How mm. I, think that, I feel like that's a whole episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we'll be talking about I'm not worthy. Um, in the same way that we've come up with some very, very actionable, you know, non-meditation, do these things to get there, you know, looking after your energy, here's mm. how you get there. Do you have anything that's really very bite-sized and helpful for people to come cross over that I'm not worthy belief or is that just too big? No, I would um, totally. I actually gave this advice, um, I think, this week to someone, um, positive affirmations. Yeah. Right? So positive, Louise Hay is, again, one of the teachers I say. She focuses on self-love, worthiness. We are all worthy of love. Um, you do not have to prove it. Um, you know, so we are worthy of it. And that's affirmations are so powerful. 
And that's definitely something that is actionable, it is tangible, and it'll start to feed your subconscious um, as well. And just surrounding yourself, words matter, and the words we say to ourselves matter, and that's a huge part of self-care and our mindset. So that is one of the biggest things I can say for for self-worth. And I know Louise Hay says, you know, if you don't think you can say, I am worthy of love, say, I am willing to be worthy of, you know, I'm willing. take the step closer. I'm willing to take the step. You know, and I think that's just so powerful in itself. And that just sends those ripples out into the universe as well. Um, And how you treat yourself matters. I think this is where, you know, I remember when I was manifesting my husband, um, you know, I used to uh, have date night by myself. You know, I'd have one night a week where I'd cook myself a fancy dinner. (laughs) You know, I'll do it. I'd be like, this is my date night because it's how I'm treating myself. And, you know, and that it's powerful. These, re, these, some of these actions are really, really powerful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. I'm a big manifester too. <laughs> yeah. So much so that I have to be careful about what I think I want. Mm. All of a sudden the universe is like, here it is. I'm, like, oh, no, I'm ready. <laughs> not yet. Um, here's that French bulldog you wanted. I oh, know. No. <laughs> I'm not going to get my partner on board. Um, hey, this is incredible. My final question to you then is, sure. How do people get to work with you and how can they find you? Awesome. So um, my website is katezukasco.com. So we'll you can show notes for sure. We'll put so you can pop that and um, I'm pretty active on socials. So it is Kate Zukasco Mind Body Yay on social media. Uh, and um, that's where you can get in touch with me for coaching. Um, I've got some online courses. I've got a Breathwork Buddy course um, on there, which is great and practical. I'm all for super practical and realistic techniques to help people, um, as well as a lot of other mind-body articles and resources um, to just to help people, you know, refocus on their self, re-energise themselves, and um, ultimately uplift their own energy. Yeah, which creates their resilience doesn't it that Mm. that protection to get through Mm. really tough times and then really thrive excellent yes yeah when they can Kate thank you so much for coming on what I've so enjoyed this I feel like there's still a few threads I could talk to you we could still (laughs) keep going um maybe we could so keep going goodness yeah we'll leave it for listeners to send us a dm if you want us to have a follow-up was there anything that we didn't quite answer for you um is there something that you would like to ask Kate or myself or we can get on a, on a live to, to respond to any questions as they come in? So listeners, send us a DM. We'll, we'll reconnect anytime. I've so enjoyed this. Awesome. Thanks Thank for you me. so much. Thanks so much, Becca. I've absolutely loved it as well. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at do divorce right. I look forward to connecting with you there.